girlies and welcome back to the pod. So this week we have a super fun episode. We're talking about one of my absolute favorite things literally ever, books. I know. So a lot of y'all have been asking me for some summary book recommendations. So that's what we're going to do today. And these books are pretty much like books you can read at the beach, at the pool, kind of mostly romance books. Books that are just easy to read, fun to read, don't require much brain power. And I actually have done a book recommendation episode. I think it was maybe the first week of January. And that had maybe books from multiple different genres. This one is pretty much just romance. If you want more book recommendations, definitely check out that episode after you listen to this one. But first, of course, we have best and worst of the week. So my best of the week was that I got to hang out with one of my good friends at the pool. Seth, you guys know him. He was on the pod a while back, the guy best friend episode, and it was just fun. We just talked and I hadn't seen him for that long. I mean... Actually, that's so not true. I have seen him. I just hadn't hung out just with him. So it was fun. And then also it's been fairly nice and sunny, which is a change from what it has been earlier in the week or I guess late last week. Honestly, it's summer, so I've lost track of the days. I don't, I truly don't know what day of the week it is. What day is it? It could possibly be Wednesday. Don't know. But Last week in Kentucky, it was just super rainy, and where I live, there were like flash floods. The roads were flooding. I've never seen the roads flood here. The only time I've ever seen a flooded road was when I was in Maui, and um, that was scary, but this week, the roads have flooded like three times, and it's been kind of scary. We've had to pull over a few times because you literally can't even see anything in front of you, but I mean, hey, it's sunny now. That's really, that's really fun. But yeah, okay. Worst of the week. So I kind of talked about this on my TikTok. Made a TikTok about it because I thought I talked about it in last week's episode, which I just hadn't because when I recorded that, I hadn't even been through what I said I talked about, which didn't make sense. But so pretty much last Saturday, I had to take the ACT and I talked about this last week. Um, but that was before I took it. So now I've taken it for the third time and it was, it was an experience. I swear every time I take the ACT, something happens. I don't know if I've ever taken it and it's been normal, which I'm just going to blame, say that's why my scores aren't good, but it's not that literally at all. But cause the second time I took the ACT, I was so sick and I could barely swallow. My throat hurt so badly, and I couldn't really focus on anything but how much my throat hurt. So I ended up doing worse the second time I took the ACT, which they're like, you'll never do worse. Only maybe 10, 20% of people do worse. Yeah, so I was the 20%, so that really hit my confidence, you know, but I took it for the third time and I prepared the night before. I got all my stuff together. I was like, yes, this is going to be so good. I went to the ACT prep camp, 
I know everything. I'm going to be fine. No. Mm -mm. That's, oh my God, what a time. So we ended up, we took the test at this big public school in my town and my sister and I went together and we were in the same room too. And our room was the absolute farthest room from the front entrance. And we got there and the guy looks at us, he makes us go through all the COVID questions, you know, all the stuff. Have you taken a standardized test this year? You know, but so he asked us that and then he goes, okay, ID. I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh crap, I didn't bring an ID and I've taken it twice already. So I'm like, how could I have possibly forgotten that? I don't even know. And I asked him, I was like, oh, I have a picture of my passport on my phone because I was going to go on an international trip and they told us to have a picture of it on our phone. And the guy was like, no, you can't use that because it's a digital copy. You need the hard copy, like the actual thing. I was like, crap. So what should I do? So he made me go to the front office and keep in mind, I don't know my way around the school. So I'm trying to find my way back to the front office. I'm getting lost and I get up there and the lady's like, you need to call your mom. You need to get her to bring you your ID. I'm like, crap. I live 20 minutes away from this school. The lady was like, you can take it as long as you get your ID and get back into the room before your proctor pass out the test. So I'm on this time crunch. I'm calling my mom. I'm like practically crying. And she comes on my on the way. My dad ends up coming, which I don't know why my mom didn't go. But I'm standing outside this huge school. I'm literally crying. And I'm just waiting because there's nothing else I can do. And I wait for my dad. He brings it and I sprint. I've never run faster in my entire life. I also never run in general. So I got back to my room. The guy had started out passing the test, but all of them weren't passed out yet. So he was like, glad you can make it. You're here in time. That's good. I was like, oh my God, thank God. And I start the English section and I'm like having an asthma attack because I have asthma. And to the whole English section, I just really can't breathe. And I'm like drenched in sweat too. So it was just a time. We'll see if my score did better. I swear if it does worse than I did the second time, I might cry. So I don't want to take the ACT again. I've taken it three times. Anyway, so that was a fun way to spend my Saturday. It was very traumatic. It There was a lot of anxiety that day. And then later... Had like had friends over, which I mentally couldn't handle that, and it was just a lot. There was a lot going on on Saturday, but hey, it's fine. It's fine. We're cool. We're fine now. Kind of just this whole week, I've been very stressed for no reason. I've been stressed, yet at the same time, I have done literally nothing about it, which is the worst possible thing to do. Highly do not recommend. So. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, we're talking about books and I'm excited. I love books. That'll make me feel better. Um, I talked about this in my last book episode, but just quick story time about me and reading. I used to love reading freshman year. I kind of stopped reading. Then I started reading again summer going into... When was this? Oh, I guess last year going into junior year because I'm going to be senior. Literally, what the heck? I'm going to cry. Um, It's fine. But I started reading again. And I think this year I've read 30 books. Maybe I do have Goodreads. You can follow me. Just search Carmen Applegate. 
and it won't let me change my account to public, which is really annoying. So I have to accept all the follow requests, which and some of them don't show up. My Goodreads is super glitchy. So if I don't accept your follow request, it's just because my Goodreads is glitching out. But I promise I would accept everybody. I just don't know why. It won't make me won't let me be public because I'm under 18. So it's just annoying. I was literally trying to fix it this morning because I knew I was going to mention this. Anyway, into the books. But before that, don't forget to leave a review, subscribe, follow, do all the things y'all already know. Make sure you do that. Also, if you're on YouTube, leave a thumbs up, say hey, um, comment your favorite book. Let me know. And yeah, okay. So the first few recommendations are books that I have actually read. And then I'm going to go into some that I haven't read yet that are on my TBR. And then I have heard really good things about because some of them I am planning on reading this summer, but probably like the majority of them I have read so I can give you my honest thoughts. And yeah, okay, the first one is Beach Read. And I'm 99% sure that I mentioned this in my last book episode, but it's just so perfect for summer. I think I have to say it again because honestly, it's such a good book. Also, I pulled up the descriptions from Goodreads, so I'll just let you guys know because I'm bad at summarizing things. I mean, I'm not bad. I just don't remember because I read so many books, so I'll just read that and then I'll let you know my thoughts. Okay, and this book is by Emily Henry. Just so you know, her books are really good. I have another one coming up later that I really want to read and I keep hearing good things about but keep listening to figure that one out. So this says, a romance writer who is no longer believes in love and a literary writer stuck in a rut engage in a summer-long challenge that may just upend everything they believe about happily ever afters. Augustus Everett is an acclaimed author of literary fiction. January Andrews writes best-selling romance. When she pens a happily ever after, he writes off his entire cast. They're polar opposites. In fact, the only thing they have in common is that for the next three months, they're living in neighboring beach houses, broke and bogged down with writer's block. Until one hazy evening, one thing leads to another and they strike a deal designed to force them out of their creative ruts. Augustus will spend the summer writing something happy and January will pen the next great American novel. She'll take him on field trips worthy of any rom-con montage and he'll take her to interview surviving members of backwood death cults obviously. (laughs) Everyone will finish a book and no one will fall in love. Really? Okay. This honestly might be one of my favorite romance books I've ever read. And I'm just gonna put it out there. Romance is not my favorite genre. I love fantasy books. Fantasy will forever and always be my favorite genre. Just because romance can sometimes get really cheesy and stupid in my opinion. But this, my heart. So good. I... You know how after you finish a really good book and you just can't do life, you're just thinking about it and you can't read another book because you're like, what could be better than this? This was one of those books. So good. So good. I can't recommend it enough. You have to read it. But truly obsessed with this book. Low-key tempted to read it again. It was so cute. The banter, so good. The romance, so good. Just and there's a plot, okay? How many times do you read a romance book with a plot? 
I know. Kind of crazy. Kind of crazy. It was so good. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Okay, the next one is The Hating Game, which is also one of my favorite romance books that I've read. I would say Beach Read I liked better, but this one, really good too. And The Hating Game is written by Sally Thorne. One, an opponent or rival whom a person cannot best or overcome. Two, a person's undoing. Three, Joshua Templeman. Lucy Hutton has always been certain that the nice girl can get the corner office. She's charming and accommodating and prides herself on being loved by everyone at Bexley and Gammon. Everyone except for coldly efficient, impeccably attired, physically intimidating Joshua Templeman. (laughs) And the feeling is mutual. Trapped in a shared office together, 40, okay, 50 or 60 hours a week, they become entrenched in an addictive, ridiculous, never-ending game of one-man-upship. There's the staring game, the mirror game, the HR game. Lucy can't let Joshua beat her at anything, especially when a huge new promotion goes up for the taking. If Lucy wins this game, she'll be Joshua's boss. If she loses, she'll resign. So why is she suddenly having steamy dreams about Joshua and dressing for work like she's got a hot date? After a perfectly innocent elevator ride ends with an earth-shattering kiss, Lucy starts to wonder whether she's got Joshua Templeman all wrong. Maybe Lucy Hutton doesn't hate Joshua Templeman, and maybe he doesn't hate her either. Or maybe this is just another game. Y'all, this book, so good. I read it over spring break. Oh, the banter. The banter is so good. Also, it's, I would say it is an actual enemies to lovers. I mean, she's kind of the whole time like, oh my gosh, he's so hot. But also she actually hates him, which I do enjoy because there was a book I read called The X Talk where they claimed it to be enemies to lovers, but they weren't even enemies and that's frustrating. But they actually hated each other. Like, they hated each other, which I love. We love that. But this book... It's good. Also, warning about some of these books, they are a little spicy. So if you are younger, um, keep that in mind. The next one I'm going to talk about is not spicy at all. But this one, I think, has a few explicit scenes and beach read might as well. So if you're not comfortable with that, um, you can just ignore those two. But this next one is for my, uh, I don't want to say more innocent maybe different reading preferences. And the next book is called Love and Olives. This one is really cute, guys. Love and Olives is by Jenna Evans Welsh. Also, if I say people's names wrong, I'm sorry. Truly in books, um, I never pronounce a character's name correctly, which annoys me too, because especially in fantasy books, I swear they spell easy names just in a really complicated way. So you're just kind of questioning yourself the whole time you're reading the book you're like am I saying it right is this correct is this wrong I don't know you never really know and that's the frustrating thing like in throne of glass I still don't know how to say the main character's name I alien Eileen I don't know don't even get me started on her last name can't even do that can't even I won't I won't even try I know I'm saying it wrong, guys. Anyway, okay, 
Love and olives. Cute book. Cute book. Santorini felt like an island holding its breath, as if it were keeping a secret. Liv, oh no, she has a hard last name. <laughs> Liv Veran- Veranicus? Sure. Santorini felt like an island holding its breath, as if it were keeping in a secret. Liv Veranicus doesn't like to think about her father much, which makes sense. He fled to Greece when she was only eight, leaving her with just a few painful memories of their shared love for the lost city of Atlantis. So when teenage Liv suddenly receives a postcard from her father who explains that National Geographic is supporting a documentary about his theories on Atlantis and asks if she will fly out to Greece and help, Liv is less than thrilled. She arrives in gorgeous Santorini, think. When she arrives in gorgeous Santorini, things are just as awkward as she imagined. There there are so many questions, so many emotions that flood to the surface after seeing her father for the first time in years. Liv doesn't want to get sucked back into her father's world. She also doesn't she also definitely doesn't want Theo, her father's char- character charismatic so-called protege, to witness her struggle. Even so, she can't help but be charmed by everything Santorini has to offer, the beautiful sunsets, the turquoise water, the sun-drenched villages, and the delicious cuisine. But not everything on the Greek island is is as perfect as it seems, because as Liv slowly begins to discover, her father may not have invited her to Greece for Atlantis, but for something much more important. This book is so cute and gives so many summer vibes. I want to go to Greece so badly. And honestly, there is romance, but I feel like it's more about her relationship with her father, which I think is really cute. But of course, there's like a little bit of romance with Theo. You just know he's hot. And who doesn't love a good foreign romance? Okay, international romance. And the book is really cute. I like how it's set up. It starts out pretty much with, I think, each chapter and she has a little blurb about something she has of her father from her father and it's just cool about how their relationship kind of grows and honestly it's really cute um i don't know i like i liked it it if you're looking for a steamy book this is not it but it's just a feel good book where you're like oh my gosh that's so cute goals and I can't remember, but I think I might have cried. But also, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it was that sad. It's not sad. It's a good beach book if you want to just live your Mamma Mia vibes going to Greece. It's pretty much, it kind of is like Mamma Mia in a way. I guess she's going to Greece for the summer and meets a boy. It's similar, but it's really good. Highly recommend. The next book is something I read for my podcast book club, which... If you don't listen to, you definitely should. It's on Even the Little Things podcast with Hannah and Juani. And I'm obsessed with Hannah. She's one of my good friends. And we read this book. It's called The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid. And y'all, when I say this book is good, I mean this book is good. And you know how when you read stuff for a book club, you're like, "Mm," because you're kind of forced to read it. This book was so good, and if you want to hear our thoughts or more thoughts on that, definitely check out their podcast for it. I can link it in the description. I'll make sure to do that for y'all, so you have to check it out, and I'm featured, so 
you definitely should. Aging and reclusive Hollywood movie icon Evelyn Hugo is finally ready to tell the truth about her glamorous and scandalous life, but when she chooses unknown magazine reporter Monique Grant for the job, no one is more astounded than Monique herself. Why her? Why now? Monique is not exactly on top of the world. Her husband has left her and her professional life is going nowhere. Regardless of why Evelyn has selected her to write her biography, Monique is determined to use this opportunity to jumpstart her career. Summoned to Evelyn's luxurious apartment, Monique listens in fascination as the actress tells her story. From making her way to Los Angeles in the 1950s to her decision to leave show business in the 80s, and of course, the seven husbands along the way. Evelyn unspools a tale of ruthless ambition, unexpected friendship, and a great forbidden love. Monique begins to feel a very real connection to the legendary star, but as Evelyn's story nears its conclusion, it becomes clear that her life intersects with Monique's own in tra- tragic and irreversible ways. This book threw me for a loop. I was expecting something, and I think I just got so much more than what I expected. I cried. I laughed. It was relatable. At times it wasn't, but I mean, it was just so interesting, and she felt, Evelyn Hugo felt like such a real person, and it was written really well in this book. I think it just kind of sucks you into her world, and it's so interesting because it's one of those books where you don't know is this it kind of feels like Evelyn is the villain of the story, but you still want to root for her because she goes through so much. Also, trigger warning, there is some sexual assault and abusive relationships. So if you this might trigger you or you're uncomfortable with that, um, maybe skip this book, but it is honestly so good and some of it truly broke my heart. Um, it was a great book. It was a great book. Highly recommend. This week's episode is sponsored by Bruch. Bruch is an electric toothbrush that will change the way you think about brushing your teeth. With powerful sonic technology and ultra gentle bristles, the Bruch redefines what it means to have super clean teeth. It's like that feeling when you just leave the dentist. A fresh, whole mouth clean every single day. Our listeners get 15% off their total purchase with code POD15. Follow the link in the show notes and enter the code POD15 to get your exclusive discount and upgrade your oral care routine now. Okay, the next book is A Touch of Darkness by Scarlett St. Clair. And <laughs> y'all, this book, um, how, what, how do I say this? It, hmm, hmm. This might be one of the spiciest books on here. It's good, though. Like, I read this book in maybe a day or two. It is part of a series. Um, I did read all the books. I don't think you need to because considering the plot is so minimal, you can if you want. But if you like Greek mythology, at least I think, is this Greek? I don't know. Is Hades and Zeus, is that Greek mythology? I feel like it is. Anyway, if you like gods, goddesses, ancient stuff, maybe if you like, um, what's that book? Like the Percy Jackson stuff, 
you'd like this. Um, it's like a more mature version of that. But it says, Persephone is the goddess of spring by title only. The truth is, since she was a little girl, flowers have shriveled at her touch. After moving to New Athens, she hopes to lead an unassuming life disguised as a mortal, as a mortal journalist. Hades, god of the dead, has built a gambling empire in the mortal... Why can't I say that? Hades, god of the dead, has built a gambling empire in the mortal world and his favorite bets are rumored to be impossible. After a chance encounter with Hades, Persephone finds herself in a contract with the god of the dead and the terms are impossible. Persephone must create life in the underworld or lose her freedom forever. The bet does more than expose Persephone's failure as a goddess, however. As she struggles to sow seeds of her freedom, love for the god of the dead grows, and it's forbidden. This is like forbidden love trope, and oh my gosh, so good. I was obsessed with this book. Honestly, it was one of those books where instead of thinking about real life, I just kept thinking about it like Beach Read, but I read this book more recently, so I kind of remember it better. And it was so good. It's very interesting too. And um, I think it's kind of relatable because it talks about Persephone not feeling good enough or like not feeling how she can live up to her goddess abilities and toxic relationships with her mom, you know, all the relatable things. And of course, Hades, who, you know, is just super hot. And it was good. It was a really good book. I highly recommend. It's also not something you have to pay that much attention to. It's kind of just like, there's not like a very complex plot, you know, that you would get in a fantasy book or something like that when you need to remember all these people's names. It's just like a good chill book you can read. Um, also, the cover is quite unassuming. So if you want to get a hard copy, you can do that and it won't be some shirtless dude which is great for everybody. Okay, the next book is a book that I also read maybe a few weeks ago. It's called Kingdom of the Wicked by, I'm not going to pronounce her name right. I'm sorry if I'm butchering it. I'm going to try by Carrie Maniscalco, 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 by Carrie Maniscalco. Um, that could be wrong. I pronounce that. Sorry. But this book is about like the seven princes of hell. And it's so interesting. It might be one of my favorite books I've read this year. I really enjoyed it. And if you're not really a romance-y type person or I guess, well, this book does have romance. But if you're not someone who just likes just straight up romance, I think you'd really like this book. And it's also kind of a forbidden love thing. Okay, I'm just going to read what it says and then I'll explain it more because I don't want to give it away. Two sisters, one brutal murder, a quest for vengeance that will unleash hell itself, and an intoxicating romance. Amelia and her twin twin sister, Victoria R. Strachey. Again, I can't pronounce any words, so don't even, please don't attack me. Okay, Amelia and her twin sister Victoria are strikey, witches who live secretly among humans, avoiding notice and persecution. One night, Victoria's missing dinner service at the family's renowned Sicilian restaurant. Amelia soon, find, 
soon finds the body of her beloved twin desecrated beyond belief. Devastated, Amelia sets out to find her sister's killer and to seek vengeance at any cost, even if it means using dark magic that's been long forbidden. Then, Amelia meets Wrath, one of the wicked princes of hell that she has been warned against in tales since she was a child. Wrath claims to be on Amelia's side, tasked by his master with solving the series of women's murders on the island. But when it comes to the wicked, nothing is as it seems. Y'all, this book, this book, oh, it's so good. It's like, you want to hate Wrath, but you love him. And also, it's the first book in a series. I think the second book is coming out maybe in the fall. I'm so excited. I need a second book. The way it left off, there is romance, there is banter. It's kind of enemies to lovers, but also forbidden love too, because she's been taught her whole life that the wicked are like horrible, that they can never be trusted, and she meets all of Wrath's brothers, like envy, lust, all that, and it goes through all those experiences. And it's honestly really interesting. And also the protagonist, Amelia, is like a strong protagonist. I hate when the girls just like let the guy do everything that pisses me off so much but she's a strong protagonist and i really like this book again kingdom of the wicked and uh hades or kingdom of the wicked and a touch of darkness are not just straight up fantasy books they they kind of mix in like other elements i would say this one is probably has the least amount of romance maybe kingdom of the wicked but it does have a really interesting plot and I think it'd just be a fun summer book. I also know some summer books that are just fun. If you're not a romance person, like reading mystery novels on the beach is such a vibe. But this book, Kingdom of the Wicked, is gonna suck you in. So good. Okay. The last three books are books that I've heard about and that are on my TBR that I'm dying to read. Specifically, the first one is People We Meet on Vacation. And if you're into books, I you've probably heard of this one or I've probably read it already. And I want to read it so badly. So People We Meet on Vacation is by Emily Henry, who also wrote Beach Read that I talked about earlier. And I read the description of this before I sat down to record. And it just sounds so good and I love Emily Henry she's such a great author and I usually don't really follow authors but I'd probably read anything she wrote like I really like Emily Henry I like Donna Tartt I like Sarah J Mass don't come at me don't come at me um who else do I like I can't why can't I think of their names I don't know. I'm looking at my bookshelf right now and I truly can't think of anyone's name. Those just come off the top of my head. Usually I don't really follow authors. I just pick books. That's like same with me and music too. Anyway. Okay. People we meet on vacation. Two best friends. Ten summer trips. One last chance to fall in love. Poppy and Alex. Alex and Poppy. They have nothing in common. She's a wild child. He wears khakis. She has insatiable wanderlust. He prefers to stay home with a book. And somehow, ever since a fateful car share home from college many years ago, they are the best of friends. For most of the year, they live far apart. She's in New York City and he's in their small hometown. But every summer for a decade, they've taken one glorious week of vacation together. 
until two years ago when they ruined everything. They haven't spoken since. Poppy has everything she should want, but she's stuck in a rut. When someone asks when she was last truly happy, she knows without a doubt it was on that ill-fated final trip with Alex. And so she decides to convince her best friend to take one more vacation together, lay everything on the table, make it all right. Miraculously, he agrees. Now she has a week to fix everything. If only she can get around the big truth that has always stood perfectly that has always stood quietly in the middle of their seemingly perfect perfect relationship. What could possibly go wrong? Oh my gosh, I would have read it so badly. It just sounds so good. And Mm. oh my gosh so good and his name is alex if you know me no you don't speaking of that i did found out find out that a few people i do know do listen to this podcast which is fine i mean but also i was just like i probably embarrass myself on here so much and overshare all the time but hey uh you're welcome (laughs) I guess, I guess I'm famous, lol. JK, no, I'm not. See, I keep doing that. I talked about this in the last episode. I keep abbreviating stuff. I need to stop. But anyway, I really want to read People We Meet on Vacation. I think I'm going to read it after I finish the book I'm currently reading, which is A Discovery of Witches, which is also a TV show. And I was really liking it. But the main, ca- or the main guy, what even is his name? Matthew? Um, he's very controlling and I don't like that. He's like possessive of her and it's kind of weird. The next book was actually made into a TV show, which I'm sure everyone has heard about. The show was Bridgerton and I did watch it in fact in one day, but the book is called The Duke and I by Julia Quinn. And I just wanted to mention this because I know the show is so good. And if they made a show from the book, then the book has to be good. So just gonna put it out there. It says, The Duke and I is a romance set in the Regency era. In the ballrooms and drawing rooms of Regency London, rules abound. From the earliest days, children of aristocrats learn how to address an earl and curtsy before a prince, while other dictates of the ton are unspoken yet universally understood. A proper duke should be imperious and aloof. A young marriageable lady should be amiable, but not too amiable. Daphne Bridgerton has always failed at the latter. The fourth of eight siblings in her close-knit family, she has formed friendships with the most eligible young men in London. Everyone likes Daphne for her kindness and wit, but no one truly desires her. She's simply too deuced, too deuced honest for that, too unwilling to play the romantic games that captivate gentlemen. Amiability is not a characteristic shared by Simon Bassett, Duke of Hastings. Recently returned to London from abroad, he intends to shun both marriage and society just as his callous father shunned Simon throughout his painful childhood. Yet an encounter with his best friend's sister offers another option. If Daphne agrees to fake a courtship, Simon can deter the mamas who parade their daughters before him. Daphne, meanwhile, will see her prospects and her reputation soar. The plan works like a charm at first. But amid the glittering, gossipy, cutthroat world of London elite, there is only one certainty. Love ignores every rule. Also, sorry if I pronounce words wrong. I, I don't, my vocabulary is bad. I need to work on it. Um, but anyway, so the show, I know, was addicting. So good. So I can't imagine how good the book is. So 10 out of 10 would recommend banter, good, relationship, good, 
And Daphne's like a strong protagonist. Like she is good. I like her in the Duke of Hastings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you like like ball gown vibes, if you want to live your princess dreams, courtship stuff, read this book. So good. I want to read it. I watched the show, but I want to read this too. The last book is Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston. I don't know if that's how you say her last name. And I hear so much about this book and everyone who I have ever heard say they read it says they love it and that you have to read it. It's so good. And yeah, so here it is. First son Alex Claremont Diaz is the closest thing to a prince this side of the Atlantic. With his intrepid sister and the Veep's genius granddaughter, they're the White House trio, a beautiful millennial marketing strategy for his mother, President Ellen Claremont. International sociolite duties have downsides, namely when photos of a confrontation with his lifelong nemesis, Prince Henry, at the royal wedding leak to the tabloids and threaten American-British relations. The plans for damage control, staging a fake relationship between the first son and the in the prince as president claremont kicks off her re-election bid alex finds himself hurtling into a secret relationship with henry that could derail the campaign and upend two nations what is worth the sacrifice how do you do all the good you can do and most importantly how will history history remember it um this just sounds so good and i really want to read it i need to put it on my tbr but if you're interested this is also kind of like I guess, not royalty, but kind of, and probably like staging a fake relationship that was also similar to Bridgerton. If you couldn't tell, there's like a theme with books I want to read, but sounds good. Definitely recommend. So don't forget to leave a review, subscribe, follow, do all the things. And yeah, Hopefully, this gave you some ideas for books to read. And for those people that DM'd me for asking for some more book recs, hope this helped. And let me know what your favorite books are in the comments on YouTube or DM me, comment on Instagram. Literally, just let me know. I'm really interested and I'm always looking for more books to read. And yeah, also make sure you follow me on Goodreads. Just search Carmen Applegate and you should be able to find me and I'll try to accept your follow request again. Goodreads is so glitchy and has the absolute worst system literally ever. So I'll try my best and make sure to check out all the links in the description of this episode to find my newsletter, website, all good things. And I'm also going to link the Even the Little Things podcast episode where we talk about the Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. So y'all can check that out too. Make sure you're follow- following me on Instagram and TikTok at the Girl or Girl Podcast if you aren't already. And I hope y'all have an amazing week. I'll see you next time. Bye.